Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Birth Stories with me, Clemmie Hooper, created by Offscript. My husband has been broody for a very long time and he has wanted me to have a baby for a few years now. I just didn't know when the right time was and I kind of thought there was never going to be a right time. I had gone camping to Cornwall and (laughs) I love a margarita. I mean, I actually want to call my daughter margarita because it's my favourite drink. See, she's... And she's saying, no, mummy, absolutely not. (laughs) I just felt really sick. And um, I was sat in the pub (laughs) and I had to lie underneath the table on the floor. And then the next day I didn't get out of bed and I did a test. I was sick, actually, for the first trimester... I'd go to work and I'd be sick in the bin at the station on the way there. And then I'd get off the train and I'd be sick in the bin there. I didn't enjoy being pregnant. I didn't hate it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not fun. Hello, I'm Clemmie Hooper and welcome to Birth Stories, a podcast where I talk to amazing women about the fascinating and unique ways that they had their babies. Just a quick note, we'll be talking about childbirth in a lot of detail, so you may not want to listen to this podcast around young children. My guest today is TV presenter and food writer Laura Jackson. Laura gave birth to her first child, a daughter called Sydney, just 10 weeks ago. And she's here today. (laughs) Laura, thank you so much for coming on and making time for this. Thank you for having me. So we opened the podcast with talking about how you found out you were pregnant and... You're really honest, actually, in saying how much parts of it you didn't enjoy. I think that's really important that women talk about that because we're told, you know, we're so blessed and you're so lucky to be able to have a baby and carry a baby. But actually, the hard bits people don't really talk about for fear of, I guess, judgment. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's such a personal journey. And it's quite hard, isn't it? Because I find that, I don't know, people are so judgy when you're pregnant. And when you've got a baby, they love to give an opinion and... Um, I, I found I found that really difficult. <laughs> you know, those weeks I didn't want to leave the house. I just yeah. felt so sick. And I thought, right, I'm going to buy four packets of fig rolls and I'm going to sit here like a little piggy and I'm going to eat them all. And I did do that. And that kind of made me feel better. Yeah. Just got to do whatever you want to do to get through it. It's tough. It's so tough. When I meet people and they're like, oh, God, my pregnancy was amazing. I'm like, <laughs> what? It was, what? Did you have a surrogate or what? <laughs> <laughs> I think people forget. I think it's yeah. when the baby's here, you can... And it's so fresh in my head. It feels so raw and new and like it just happened yesterday. Well, it kind of did. Well, she's tiny still. She's still, you know, a brand new person. So let's move into your sort of researching. What did you do to educate yourself about thinking about your birth, your preferences, your options, that kind of thing? Um... I didn't really want to go to the hospital NCT because I thought that they might be a bit clinical. And I kind of take 
quite a holistic approach to life. So that's the kind of the kind of the way I wanted to look at my birth as well. I didn't want it to be too clinical. So there was a woman that I found who a few friends had been to in East London and she was a midwife for about 30 years and then she'd been doing these classes. She was like, they are you all right down there? Oh, yeah. Um, she didn't like them to be called NCT. Mm. She was a doula and it was kind of, I don't know what to call it, birthing education? Yeah. I don't know. So I thought it was really important as well for my husband to come with me because he has got no idea. And I needed to needed him to be as supportive as possible. He's the sort of person, sorry about this, Jonathan, if he found a pube in his pizza, yeah. he wouldn't complain. Because oh. he's just, he would feel embarrassed. And I said to him, if I need anything and I need you to step up, I really need you to be confident. Yeah. I need you to be able to speak for me when I can't speak for myself. Yeah. Because I would be complaining if there was a pube in my pizza and I'd yeah. probably get my pizza for free. Yeah. And a new pizza and a goodie bag to take home and a milkshake. <laughs> um, no, but you know, I needed him to kind of step mm. up and, and be confident. So we went to these classes together and we did things like birthing positions, breathing, um, kind of hypnotherapy techniques, what would happen when you went to hospital, who would be in the room with you, oh, all the brilliant. options for C-section, elected C-section, um, vaginal birth, everything really. So I found it really helpful and she kind of had the underlying tone of your baby, your birth. So if you're not happy with something, you are allowed to say that you're not happy with that. Of if course. you get a feeling from a midwife that she isn't maybe the right person for you, you could maybe ask for another midwife, which, oh my God, I, be feel, I just feel so embarrassed having to say, hey, yeah, um, you, it's not working out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you could please leave. <laughs> did you Did you have to do that? No, no. not at all. I, don't, I, I actually don't think I could have done that. No. I would have been too embarrassed. I just, but maybe you went in feeling reassured that you knew that you had that option. Yes, exactly. And I, I kind of just felt confident that this was my delivery, my baby, and I could be vocal about the things that I wanted. So she um, told us things like, you know, you don't have to have the lights on, you could have aromatherapy oils and you can have your own music and just things like that that I found really helpful. So I didn't have anyone talking which is quite strange because I am such a chatterbox but I really <laughs> wanted everyone to be quiet and I had really low lighting and I found um, aromatherapy really helpful for me so I kind of had them on flannels and I was smelling them and I had music I listened to the Descendants film um, soundtrack oh I love that song Hawaiian music yeah, it's lovely but after I'd listened to it like the 10th time on loop I was like turn that fucking thing off <laughs> but you can't listen to it again <laughs> I haven't listened to it have you not no I, I dare I think I might feel really emotional yeah she sounds amazing yeah she was great and it wasn't expensive really no totally affordable Affor completely affordable and I felt really I mean you can never be prepared but I felt as prepared as I could be so you'd always, always planned to have a hospital birth and was that a local hospital to where you lived Yes, Homerton Hospital, absolutely amazing. The NHS are, I, they're just so wonderful. Like, the women were great. God, it makes me feel emotional. They were so good. Aww. They were really good. And, um, yeah, I definitely wanted a hospital birth. Yeah. A home birth is not for me. Yeah. Also, That's cool. I don't want to clean up after people. I don't want to be making cheese, <laughs> no. But I think I'd feel like, 
I love being a host, so I still, even during labour, would probably be asking people if they were okay yeah. and did they want their water topped up. So <laughs> I don't think it was for me. I love that. <laughs> um, and then you were getting, obviously getting to your, like, 40 weeks, coming up to full term, but you noticed that the baby wasn't moving properly. Yeah, I'd had, I think because the last two trimesters, I'd had quite an easy pregnancy in terms of I wasn't feeling as sick as I did in my first trimester right I wasn't you know a GAY on a Saturday night dancing around the tables but I definitely felt a lot better than my first trimester so she was very active as well whenever I'd go for dinner you could see a hand or a foot coming out of my Amazing. stomach kind of thing and for a few days she was just really quiet but I didn't really feel like anything was wrong so I just carried on. And then I went to the toilet and I had a bit of blood in my urine. And I called my mum and I was like, well, you know, what shall I do? And she said, you should call the hospital straight away. So I called the maternity line and said to them, oh, I've, I've got blood in my urine. And the woman said, oh, no, 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 that's your show. And I said, no, it's not It's not sticky. It's yeah. not like bloody urine kind of stuff. It's like blood in my urine. Your urine was basically pink or Yeah, red. well, but it had like, yeah... I mean, just wasn't it just wasn't right. So yeah. I went to the hospital, they put me on the machine and they gave me a clicker and she said, Every time the baby moves I want you to click the the switch. Yeah. And she came in an hour later and she kinda said, You've you've only clicked three times. I said, Oh well, she's yeah, she isn't she's not really she hasn't moved. And then so obviously she's like, okay, if you just wait here, I'm obviously not going anywhere because I'm strapped to a machine, but um <laughs> okay. And then she brought in a doctor and they said, Look, we we think we should induce you and we keep you in now. I was like, like this minute now, as in now, as in today now, or now, as in maybe tomorrow, next week now. And she said, as in we'll take you down to the ward now. Oh my goodness. And I, and I just wasn't, I was like, oh no, I've just, I've just came in just for like, you know, to say hi and to get a little I've got to go meet a friend. Okay. <laughs> I've got the dinner in the oven. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I kind of just completely span out because, mm. The thought of going in there and not leaving was just terrifying. So obviously I was like, "Oh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure it's fine. She's she she she's just sometimes quiet." She was like, "She's not sometimes quiet, is she?" I was like, "No, I'm lying. I just don't want to stay here." Aww. Did you have your bag or anything with you? No, I don't have anything. So then I rung John and he came to meet me and I said, "Look, I just now doesn't feel like the right time, um, but if anything, I, I can I go home and if anything I, I don't feel right, I'll come back in again." So she said, look, let's just give you a sweep okay, and send you home with a sweep. Hopefully that will kind of start your na- labour naturally. And if there's any problems, you have to come straight in. So I went home and that night she was really quiet. And then that morning I rang my mum and my mum was like, you've carried this baby for nine months. If you think that there is a problem, only you know and you need to go to hospital. Your mum sounds very... And she was like, go in. Um, <laughs> but my friend was coming around to give me Reiki. Ah. So I thought, right, I'll just wait for my friend to come and give me some Reiki. And I told her what had happened. And she kind of finished. And she looked at me and she was like, you need to go now. And I think all I wanted someone to say to me was, it's fine, don't worry about it. Because it's, don't worry, she'll just come when she comes. Mm. But I think because everyone was like, oh, you, should, you, need, you need to do it. You yeah. need to go now. So Were you 40 weeks by now? No, I was 30. I was just 39. Okay. So I did what any... Um, nine-month pregnant woman would do. I washed my hair and I blow-dried it. I was going to say, did you Absolutely. shave your legs? I mean, no, no. I, I'm such a... 
Chloe. I'm really a hairy monstrosity. Anyway, like that that didn't bother me. I shaved my legs when I was getting into Did hospital. you? Yeah. I was like, oh, I might as well. Couldn't quite reach like the ankle, you know, just left like loads of long ones down there. But yeah, it's a little surprise. Loads of women do that, like wash the hair, and you know, it's like that last thing, isn't it? So you feel like a bit of you. Yeah, before absolutely. This monumental thing is going to happen. I just, uh, yeah, I didn't really realise how monumental it would be. But yeah, I got in the shower, washed my hair, like walked round, had a bag of those um, licorice torpedo sweets, like mm. polished off a whole bag, and then. Um, they put me on the monitor and then these two doctors came in and they sat next to me and like kind of looked at me at eye level and got down on their knees. Oh, you knew they Serious. were going to... Yeah. They said, we, we're going to take you down now oh. uh, because your baby isn't very happy. Oh, so really? then I was like crying and they said, where's your husband? I was like, oh, he's at work and he's really far away. He's like, west, west. So I called my husband and said... They want to induce me and, and like, could you come now? He is on a shoot for work and um, he's like, yeah, so um, they want me to stay another hour. Yeah, true story. So oh. I was like, because uh, um, I, I didn't want to tell him how upset I was because he really worries and I didn't want to worry him. So I was like, okay, but it'd be really great if you could maybe just get here kind of like sooner rather than later and he was like okay yeah I'm, I'm, I'm coming now Aww. so I called my sister and I was like can you come with the falafel wrap oh bless <laughs> was she closer is she live in London She's, she was working around the corner so she came to meet me Aww. and um, she we sat, sat in the ward together and they talked through all of my induction and what would happen and um you know whether it was going to be a gel and if that didn't work then it would be the drip yeah uh, so they put me on the monitor in the ward and she came in I was like oh I don't feel very well. She was like, "Well, obviously, you know, it's good, but you know, big things about to happen." I was like, "No, I keep getting these waves of just feeling like oh, awful." Then one came, and I was like on all fours, and she looked at me. She's like, "You're in labour," and I was like, "No, I'm not in labour. It's just these pains. They just keep coming in waves." <laughs> you didn't sort of put two and two together. No, I was like, because it was like a period pain, and I didn't expect that. Oh, really? And uh, from, do you think this was triggered from the sweet? 100%. Yeah. So then she said, right, we'll give you another sweep just to push you on a bit because you're still quite early to like only one centimetre dilated. So um, she gave me another sweep and then she sent me down to the um, birthing room. Anyway, they said to me, there's this room that's really great. It's room number seven. It has a pool. I was like, I want that one. I want this. I want the pool. Like it's Soho House or something. Yeah. I want the one with the pool. I want a striper towel and I want a drink. <laughs> Um, so I just kept going on about it. I was like, room seven, yeah, room seven. Uh, anyone that had listened to me, so I'm going to room seven. She's like, no, you're not going to room seven. I was like, I am going to room seven. I want to go to room seven. And she's like, okay, well, you know, you, you, do you want to get in the pool? And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are there inflatables in there? Is yeah, there a, like, was it a party? <laughs> yeah, got some friends coming, right? Um, and she said, oh, you can't, like, you can, you can have gas and air in the pool, but that's it. I'm not getting in the pool. Um, I'm not getting in the pool. I'm not doing this on gas now. Um, so I was in there with my sister, like my, my husband just came. Did you get to room seven? I got to room seven. Was I, it nice? I mean, it was all right. It, was, was it, it wasn't quite so her house. It wasn't quite so her house. No stripy towels. Um, the bed linen definitely wasn't 100% cotton. Shame. Do you know what? If Feed I, that back. If somebody showed me that room again, I wouldn't recognise it. Really? No, I was just so confused about the whole thing. Mm. 
it's just it's such a whirlwind isn't it i mean you've done it four times you know yeah um well yeah it's a total whirlwind did you know then so you said you knew that you didn't just want the gas in air did you have any gas in air uh yeah i'd had gas in air and i sorry i'm just gonna feed her because i think all right. is she all right what's going on God, amazing to be a baby, isn't it? Milk on tap. I know. But you'd always, you thought epidural was like the one. No, I said, do you know what? I had no birth plan. I said yes to everything. I thought, personally, that's really important. I don't want to say no. Mm. And then it gets to the point where I've changed my mind and they say, oh, but hang on, on the birth plan it says this. So oh. I said yes to everything. Good I way said, of looking at it. Every option that's open to me, I'm happy to do whatever's best for the baby. It's not about me. It's about her. Yeah. And her safest delivery. I'm... What, however anybody wants to play it you know you just do what's best for you but personally I just had to leave every gate open because I didn't know what was going to happen yeah so, so what point did you have the epidural well so when I was in got to room seven in room seven my husband came made it and my sister was still there with the falafel wrap in the corner on a chair texting <laughs> I said Get out. <laughs> she said, why? I'm waiting for Dan, her boyfriend. I was like, don't wait in the waiting room. I was like, you're never going to want to have a baby, Anna. Oh, my God. You, you're just never going to want to have a baby if you see this. Is she all, younger than you? She's younger than me, and I was on all fours. I was like, on the gas and air. I was like, I, I mean, horrendous. She like gets the stuff, and she was like, well, I'll wait for Dan outside then. <laughs> and uh, so I had the gas and air, and then I had these two amazing Spanish midwives, and I kind of ignored my husband and sat with these two wonderful women who stroked my hair and Aww. like hugged me and they were really really brilliant and very holistic so kind of breathe out the pain and talking to me in really quiet voices and Aww. just being so brilliant just I what you really wanted exactly what I wanted and I was really I was kind of getting through them but I was they were starting to be a lot stronger my contractions so she said you know do you want a we can give you an epidural or we can give you some pethidine and I thought, oh, I don't want to go straight up to the epidural. I'll, I, can I have some pethidine? So she said, yes. Yeah. So they brought me some pethidine. And how did you, did you have the injection? Had the injection. And it's really strange because it's. I found the gas and air and the pethidine very in your head. So it was kind of quite woozy and disorientated kind of feelings rather than pain relief yeah it doesn't take away the pain no it just kind of makes you feel like you're on a different planet mm -hmm. so I was kind of getting through them I think because I'd gone to those classes my mum's a hypnobirther um so I was very much in the mindset of I can control my mind but I can't control my body so thoughts of my wedding and all the women that I knew that had given birth and all of the stories that I'd heard from friends and my husband, what the baby would look like. I was just basically taking myself anywhere apart from the room that I was physically stood in. Yeah. I had a real sense of control. And then the shift changed. So then the Spanish ladies went home. Oh. And I had this other woman. Um, the other woman. <laughs> this other No, she was brilliant. I had another lady who came, but she was not as holistic. Okay. She was like, come on, get on with it. Stop screaming. Move on kind of thing and which is great because sometimes you need that but then sometimes mm. you do need someone just to stroke your hair yeah. um she said to me you've not moved dilation oh straight away straight away so how many centimeters are you now so i'm two and a half now and i've been in there for five hours 
Mm. And uh, and I felt so deflated. I was, I was like, I've been in here for hours and I just feel like I had, I've really been going through it, but I'd had a good, I definitely had a good sense of control. Um, I was talking in between my contractions and kind of laughing and then getting John to take pictures of me and being silly, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and she said, you know, your waters haven't broken. We have to break your waters. Otherwise, you, we just could be here all day. Right. So she got out what can only be described as the largest knitting needle I've ever seen. <laughs> I knew a, you were going to say In that. quite a beautiful pale blue, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Um, that went straight into my vagina. Basically, out of my mouth, it was so long. Um, my waters broke and the pethidine was wearing off. And all hell broke loose. Really? Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, it's so it's awful it was so scary I've never it makes me feel really emotional because I've just never been in that place where I was like so frightened Uh, because of the pain because of the pain because I think because I'd had such a good sense of kind of control of my mind and I just completely lost like I lost the plot did you and everyone started to panic because I'd not panicked before. And even though... Were you crying or screaming? Oh, crying, screaming. And then John was crying because oh, no. I was so upset. Like, I felt like an animal. Did you? Yeah, it was hor- It was just so... It was just terrifying. You just lost control, do you think? I lost control mm. and the pain just took over. And instead of me controlling the pain, the pain controlled me. And the, the pain that you have at the front of your body... I don't know, your muscle memory is like, this is a period pain, mm-hmm. but the worst you've ever felt in your whole life. Yeah. But the pain at the back, your body's like, what? What? what's going on? Like, what's that pain? Why? It felt like my back had broken. Really? And I had like a woman pushing me on my back, I had a woman pushing my hips, John in the corner, just like, what can I do? What can I do? So helpless. Um, And I just said, "I just please just get me the epidural. Yeah. So they went to get me the epidural, they came back. It was probably about 40 minutes from losing control to them bringing the epidural in and obviously you have to sit on the bed. Yeah. And I could not, I mean, I couldn't sit still. Really? I I just could I And I kept repeating myself being like, and like now I just couldn't get anything out. I was just in so much pain. So obviously everyone kind of tried to hold me as still as possible and the, the man looked at me in the eye and said... If I don't put this in the right place, it's not going to be good. So you have to sit still, otherwise this could be awful. Oh, I'm like, gosh. okay, and that's kind of that was it. Do as you bloody told, yeah. And did you manage it? I did. I they kind of held me, and then they put it in, and all that pain and stress and emotion and just like actual loss of myself just kind of melted I just like slowly melts away and and then I was fine but <laughs> they said you can have a little sleep now because it's going to be a while so what time of the day was this or into the night so I went in at one thirty on Thursday she was born at two o'clock in the morning on Friday so this must have been I don't know, eight or something? In the evening? In the evening. I've literally got no, no sense of time. Okay. And when they said, have a little sleep, you're going you're gonna to be really tired, you've exhausted yourself, um, but the good news is that you have moved from 2.5 to nearly 7 centimetres <gasps> in 40 minutes. Like That is how it, I mean... And I said, wow. good, because it was so excruciating. I would like to have moved somewhere. Yeah. The midwife did say something to me, actually, that made me understand the pain. 
and she just said to me, you know, the baby's moving down the birth canal. That is why it hurts so much. The baby is moving down your body. Yeah. That was ringing in my head. Uh-huh. This is the reason why it hurts. It hurts because the baby's coming. No one ever told me how traumatic it would be on my body. But also everyone's birth is different. Exactly. So exactly. some women would not have experienced that intense pain that you felt. Yeah. And that's what I find really I find really difficult when someone's like, oh, well, my daughter Sue only had gas and air. Oh, well, my Marie. My <laughs> Marie didn't have anything. My Marie did it all natural. Oh, and you think, oh, well... Good for that, her. Yeah, good for Marie, bloody hell. No, but, you know, you just... Everyone is so different, and that's what's really hard, and you do what you think is right. You go through this personal experience. You have to trust your body and, and do what's right for you. I remember you know, going to one of the classes and the girls, one of the girls being like, oh, I would never have an epidural. And I was like, I've never met anyone that has said, oh, I wish I hadn't had the epidural. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Never. Never. No one comes out of the birthing suite going, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. You've just got to do what's right for you. Um, So then they say, you know, have a little sleep, rest. I was like, I am not going to sleep. I said, (laughs) I will be sleeping with one eye open and every time it gets the 10 to, I remember that. I want it topped up. I want it topped up so I don't feel anything. (laughs) And the woman was like, okay, okay, calm down, chill out. But I just said to this woman, I was like, I just, I'm so frightened of being in that place again. Now I'm not there. Yeah. I can't can't feel that pain again. Can't go back. I physically can't. No. Um, So they topped it up every hour and I remember them saying, "We, we need to empty your bladder. Yes. So I'm like, well... I'm obviously just going to go to the toilet, aren't I? No. And she's like, okay, if you can put your legs on the table and walk to the toilet, by all means. Could you? I was literally like in Kill Bill, like, move the leg, (laughs) move the leg, move the leg. (laughs) Literally couldn't move anything. And she said, we'll get the catheter. Yeah. You stay there, love. We'll get the catheter. Did you feel that? No. Couldn't feel anything. Epidurals are amazing. Yeah. Literally didn't feel a thing. Because it's weird, because I think people think they're not going to be able to move, but you can still, like, obviously shift about and move. I mean, my neck was working fine. Yeah. My neck and my eyes were perfect. And your arms. And my arms. But, yeah, you. I mean, I had a mobile epidural, so I could kind of move around a bit. But yeah. I was probably topped up to the max. The max. Your legs feel so heavy, don't they? Yeah, they do. But I kind of really, I think after feeling so physical, I did want that weightlessness. Yeah. I kind of wanted to be on the bed and not have to carry my own body. But you didn't sleep? No, I just couldn't. And I was, I was so excited. I was going to, you know, I'm going to meet the baby that I've been carrying around for nine months. And yeah. I'm so excited and I'm so nervous about what's going to happen when I have to push the baby out. Will I feel that pain again? Even though they say that, you know, with an epidural, you know, you are numb. But I, I, you just don't know what to expect. It's kind of... It's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's just every emotion and every feeling that you have ever felt in your whole life. When they told you that you were fully dilated, what did what went through your mind? Were you like, oh my God, it's coming now? Or No. The end bit for me was like, I've, I mean, was a bit underwhelming. Interesting. Because you think it's going to be this crescendo and everyone's going to like, I don't know, it's just like, this is it. You're going to push the baby out. And I think because I'd had all of the the pethidine and the gas and air, it felt more kind of euphoric when I was going through that, maybe because of everything that was going on in my head, whereas this kind of just felt like 
no pain. Yeah. If that makes sense. So there were kind of different sorts of, I don't know, being on the bed, not being able to feel anything. Yeah. And not even feeling the contractions because I can't, I can't feel anything. Yeah. It was like the double-ended kind yeah. of situation. And did you start pushing then when they told you you were 10 centimetres? Yeah. So her heartbeat was dipping and then the doctor came in and she said, we can't, we, we, we're going to do this now. Right. So we need you to start pushing now. Okay. You know, push down from your bottom um, and we, we kind of need to get this done sooner rather than later because your baby isn't happy. She's not right. too distressed yet, but we... Don't want to wait. Don't want to wait. Yeah. It's really hard pushing with an epidural though, isn't it? Um, yeah, but I mean, it's like when you go to the toilet or you push down or I don't know, you, you kind of do know where to push, yeah. weirdly. And you can't feel it, but mm-hmm. you're kind of doing it yeah. in a weird way. But yeah, I didn't really feel anything, which I was happy about, but just because I, I just cut the thought of being in that amount of pain again is just terrifying. Um, and then they had put one of those little things on her head because they wanted to track her heartbeat. Right, yeah. And then she started getting really distressed. Um, and we know when more people start coming in the room and then they're like checking things and looking at, you know. Did you get a sense that it might not be so plain sailing? Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I was a bit like, I wasn't worried because I felt that I was in the safest place possible. right. But I didn't know what was going to happen, and and she and they needed to get her out ASAP. And they got the sucker, and they gave me a really big cut, and she was out in a matter of minutes. So before they gave you the cut, which is called the episiotomy, did they talk you through everything? Were they like, "We need to get her out. This is the safest way. We need to give you a cut." At that point, did you care that you were going to have a cut? No, no. God, don't know, don't no, care. no, don't care at all. Just want the baby to be all right. Who care? I'm just this vessel at the moment to make sure that she is safe and yeah. comes out as fast as possible. And it's not, sorry, but like, who cares if I have a cut in my vagina <laughs> and it looks like a massive cave and there's an Audi TT in there. I mean, whatever, <laughs> I'll get over it. But you couldn't feel it because you had this really good epidural. Yeah. They did talk me through everything, actually. They did, about yeah. It. yeah. Like, just like you say, baby needs to come now. We're yeah. going to do a little incision. Like, that was a lie. Um, and then they got the sucker and then they gave me what looked like Marge Simpson. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt so overwhelmed when they gave me the baby. And I felt so underwhelmed. Yeah. It's a really strange... Like, it's so emotional. And obviously, you, I was crying... But I was like, where's the man with the trumpet? Right. Are people going to start singing and stuff? Or what? Is this, is this it? it? Where's like my bag of sweets? <laughs> Who's got the Maltesers? But they literally just give you a baby and they just start cleaning around you. Yeah. Like, like all of your insides. Yeah. Okay. With a mop. And John took a picture and she went, oh, please don't do that. What, of the... <laughs> of all my bits on the floor. Oh, my... Of all the blood. Yeah. Don't when... know where that picture is. <laughs> when she came out, was, was she crying? Was she fine she was um a bit shocked she didn't cry she didn't cry she just smiled she honestly she had a little smile on her face she just came out like hiya i'm here hi yeah hi how are you did you know she was gonna be a girl i found out at 36 weeks did you but it was all over so quickly Mm. i i think i had a pleasant experience apart from those frightening 40 minutes i think i had quite a 
a good experience. I think it could have been a lot worse. And everyone at Homerton Hospital is just amazing. I mean, midwives are amazing. You're you're an amazing species and so caring and kind. And even though midwives see thousands of people giving birth, you do feel very special in that moment. You yeah. do feel like you're the only person that's ever had a baby. Oh, that's how it should feel. That's That's how we want you to feel. Yeah. Laura, are you ready to answer a question with me? Of course. Someone's emailed this one in. Hi, I'm 36 weeks pregnant with my first baby. We are being monitored twice weekly and have a growth scan today as baby had dipped in weight on our last scan two weeks ago. We find out today if they want to induce us. What are the different types of induction? Thank you. That's from someone called Kirsty. So your birth, Laura, you were sort of going to have an induction, but then you sort of went into labour with the sweep. Mm. And a sweep can be the first start of an induction. How did, like, describe what the sweep felt like, maybe? I had two sweeps and they were both very different. Um, The first sweep was on the Wednesday. It kind of, it just feels like a fumbly boy putting their fingers inside of you. (laughs) Sorry. Is that all right to say? Yeah. It's disgusting, isn't it? Well, it's what it feels like. Um, and they kind of push quite hard and kind of sweep round yeah. to open your cervix. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough that the sweep worked and mm-hmm. kind of moved me on a bit. But they, when I went in on Thursday and they gave me a second sweep, that wasn't as... Fun. Careful. <laughs> Gentle. Not as gentle. And the options that I had before I knew I'd gone into labour were having a gel induction, which is a kind of gel on the the roof of your vagina. And my husband was was like, your vagina has a roof? (laughs) I know, who knew? Who knew? Every day's a learning day. Um, And then the second option, if that hadn't have worked, they said would have been the induction drip. Yeah. So some hospitals use a gel, which is like a hormone gel, and some hospitals use something called a pessary. It contains the same hormone, it's just delivered in a slightly different way. And both are inserted into your vagina and they sit around your cervix or the roof. I quite like that, the roof of your vagina. The hormone um, is then sort of slowly released onto your cervix, which helps your cervix become soft and what we call effaced um, and just start to dilate. And then once that started to work, then they'll try and break your waters, which you've described in the podcast today, which, yeah, it looks a bit like a knitting needle. Um, I think it is a knitting needle. <laughs> I've no, I can't knit, but I might, maybe I'll start taking it up at work and start knitting yeah, well, with it. Yeah, I might go to Hobbycraft later and see if <laughs> I've got some in there. So it's like a plastic flat stick and it has like a tiny point on the end. Um, and that's inserted very gently um, into your vagina. Um, and the midwife will feel the opening of your cervix, which hopefully from having the pessary or the gel has started to open. And then we can fill the bag of waters and then we break them. Um, yeah, it's quite a pleasurable thing to do, like quite a satisfying thing to do. It's like picking a spot. A bit, yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, did it good? Yeah. So that's another stage of induction. Once your waters have gone, there's sort of this time period when, um, because we're obviously inducing you, they would want you to be in active labour within four to six hours of having your waters broken. 
also to reduce infection because once your waters have gone, that sterile field around baby's gone, so there's always a risk of infection. So with your labour, you then progressed without needing the drip, but um, if you then didn't start contracting, um, you're then offered the hormone drip, which is syntocinon, which like mimics your natural hormones that your body releases, and it's put um, in a kind of mixed bag of saline, and then it goes into a little drip in your hand, you have a cannula put in. That can kind of ramp things up a little bit, and a lot of people then opt to have an epidural at that point. And you can have an epidural before you start the drip or after, there's no like rules on that. The main thing I'd say with induction, just to answer your question, Kirsty, is that you never know which one's going to work. So it may be a case for when you're induced that you don't need the drip and it just works with having your waters broken. But hopefully that answers the question of all the different scenarios. Is there anything else, Laura, that you'd say about that? Do you know what one thing I do have to tell you? Yeah. Some advice that did work. You know, everyone tells you what oh yeah the nugget the nugget no but you know everyone says oh this is how to start your labor you should have a curry or you should have sex i'm sorry i'm not having sex i don't want anyone to touch me (laughs) um sorry someone said to me to have a go on the breast pump i did 30 minutes on my breast pump and that was what started my labor amazing doesn't work for everybody as with every piece of advice but it, it worked for me good advice there so you can either do that with a breast pump or you can hand express okay or nipple stimulation. Basically, when you stimulate... I googled that. Did you? I hate that to come up on my history. When you stimulate your breasts, nipples, um, it releases a hormone which makes your uterus contract, your womb contract. And often after you've had your baby, when you start breastfeeding, you'll get these after pains. Did you feel those? Yeah. Where your uterus is contracting. And it's very clever. It's to make your uterus shrink back down and go back into your pelvis. No way. Yeah. I mean, it's... It is amazing how the body just knows what to do. Um, Thank you for writing in and you can send me your questions on our email address, which is birthstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Laura, thank you so much for coming in and telling your birth story or your daughter's birth story. Obviously, Laura, you're on maternity leave um, at the moment, but have you got anything coming up that you want to promote, plug? Um, I'm just um, starting this new little thing called At Host london which is a kind of supper club lifestyle brand so yeah i'll be doing that later on in the year but at the moment i'm just having a bit of chill time with my daughter getting to know her and um enjoying being back on the wines (laughs) amazing thank you thank you (laughs) thank you for listening to best stories with me clemmy hooper remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you can listen as soon as the podcast comes out each week And please rate it and leave a review if you have time. You can find more birth stories on my blog, Gas and Air, and you can find me on Instagram at Mother of Daughters. Birth Stories was produced by Hannah Varrell and created by Offscript. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.